safe, 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 but I didn't know how to invest. So the first thing that um, I did, like once we reached like certain amount, like was going into a financial advisor. So for almost two years, I was paying a financial advisor, which was actually a salesperson at that time. We started very focused and now we are still focused, but now we are working more into enjoying the present rather than just rushing to buy the next property. Welcome millionaires and future millionaires. You're listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast, the show where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their portfolio allocation. Now to your host, Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires in Vet Podcast. This is episode number 310. Stace, how's it going? What's going on in your world? Everything's great over here. We've got the rest of the kids starting their little preschool program this week. So it'll be a new life here <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, I hope everybody had a, uh, a great Labor Day. And uh, I guess we're kind of winding down summer, which is uh, pretty spectacular for a lot of people. Hopefully we get some rain in many parts of the country. This week we wrapped up our uh, wrapped up our uh, giveaway for leaving a review to uh, win a free box of Factor. So appreciate those that have uh, left reviews and entered that. You will be notified or maybe have already been notified by the time you listen to this uh, if you want. So appreciate that. As always, we love uh, reviews on iTunes and on Spotify. As that's becoming the uh, number two platform that uh, most people or the people are listening on. Gonna read a review real quick. This comes from CPA Dad. He says, "Very or great content, very inspirational and in-depth podcast. I love hearing the success stories of others. We need to hear more about how to make it rather than focus on failures or what's lacking." Thanks for that, CPA Dad. If you haven't heard your story, send us an email: millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up here, but always looking for new guests. In fact, Stacy, should we tell the audience this week what uh, what to expect here, kind of going into the fall months here? Oh, this is exciting. This has been something that Jace has wanted to do for a very long time and is excited to finally be able to roll out. But we will be rolling out a second episode each week on Thursdays. And... What can our listeners expect from those Thursday episodes? Yeah, so it's going to be a mix uh, of a, a kind of a hodgepodge of, of different things. One thing that we've heard multiple times, and I've heard both sides of the coin on this, is people want to hear from interviewees that are not millionaires but are well on their way, which we did that a while ago. And then I got a lot of hate mail, if you will, for putting non-millionaire interviewees. And so trying to figure out how to incorporate that into the podcast, we're going to... Uh, launch some of those on on a Thursday episode and we are also going to have some episodes that essentially become two-part episodes one of those will be coming up here pretty soon where we basically did the normal millionaires interview with the millionaire however in this case with this first one uh, he sold a business to private equity and so he and I have a long discussion uh, about private equity and selling to private equity and what that looks like. And so for some of our listeners, it may be very interesting and others probably, you know, aren't, aren't as interested in whatever. So we'll do that on a, on an additional episode. And then some cases, 
you know, we'll break down certain topics uh, that that appeared on on an episode. I've get, been getting a lot, a lot of emails on this lately, where people will reach out and like, hey, can I get you know information on this, or can I get more detail on that, or whatever. And so I think the best way, instead of, uh, it's hard for me to keep up with all the emails now, or I guess really us to keep up with all the emails now. And so apologize if we haven't got back to you, but uh, hopefully we'll cover some of those things in this additional episode. So maybe short, maybe longer, just depends on the week. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it because I think this will kind of bridge the gaps of all the different things that we've been hearing from a lot of different listeners. And uh, yeah, super excited. So Mondays will stay the OG, what you know you can expect from hearing from our millionaires, and Thursdays will be uh, a surprise. <laughs> yeah, basically surprise every week, unless I let the cat out of the bag. Like next week, for example, it'll be the follow-up episode, part two, uh, to that interview. And of course, descriptions will give you a little bit of a heads up of what to expect. Yep. So with that, today on the podcast, we have Nora. She's got a net worth of $3.5 million from Puerto Rico. Uh, is an electrical engineer by trade. Has 8% of her net worth in cash, 17% in tax-advantaged accounts between Roth, uh, 401k, etc. 31% in a taxable brokerage account, and then 39% in real estate, and then a few other uh, asset classes, but less than 2% in essentially alternative investments. So great episode with her. She's in her late 30s. Last week we had Martin. And he had a net worth of right at $1 million. So without any further delay, let's get into the episode with Nora. Nora, you want to just give us about your background and what you're up to now? Thanks so much for having me here, longtime listener. I'm so happy to share my story. Yes, um, so happy to be here um, with you guys. I'm uh, Nora, I'm a Puerto Rican. <laughs> so I have a background more like into the academia. I grew up in Puerto Rico, studied there, did my bachelor. Then I went to, uh, came to the States, like in the state, finished my graduate degree. I have been then started my first real job and after that I start um, working more into my finances just like every other millionaire that you have in the show slowly um, step by step starting by investing in real in the stock market then investing on a real estate and this is how I got here awesome and what is your net worth today so today is around 3.5 Awesome. And how is that broken up? So, yes. <laughs> so, is uh, broken up like in a uh, percentage, like in cash right now is about 8%. Have a high position on cash right now um, because short-term goals. <laughs> so, my emergency fund, six months, I have a car fund uh, for my new car and also for some opportunities from uh, maybe an investment property. So 8% cash, that's deferred around 17% in the tax-free. That's for Roth and HSAs, about 3%. A taxable account, around 32, uh, 31.3%. In real estate, uh, 39%. And some miscellaneous like material stuff, crypto, um, less than 2%. 
Okay, so a bulk of this is in your taxable and then real estate, correct? Correct, yes. And in the real estate, is that primary residence or do you have investments in rental properties or multifamily investments? Great. So in real estate, uh, primary house, which is also kind of used for also uh, generating income, two rental properties are in real estate. Okay. And how much is in home equity versus in the in the rental properties in terms of your equity? Um, okay, so these percentage, like the uh, right now, the 1.3 mils uh, on real estate is equity. Is is not um is not the whole value or out of the houses kind of like a, when I calculate the network that I break that down, I just use the equity. <laughs> So right now, I will say it's 50-50, primary, and then the 50% in the rental properties. Okay. And are these rental properties nearby you, or are they in another state? That's a great question. The real, uh, my properties are actually in Puerto Rico. So when I started in the, so in my journey, the I started step by step, right? Like jump into it, like. If you don't know, like educate yourself, like learn uh, what you're doing. So I first started with my prim- primary ha- home because, because you know, that was the goal. <laughs> so just a primary ha- um, house. Sometimes I kind of like regret like, oh, like why did I want a house? But I didn't listen to you guys then. So I didn't have any financial literacy. <laughs> before that so I started with my um, primary house but at the same time I started with Airbnb so I started Airbnb uh, rooms in my primary house then um, I added um, a tra- um, Airstream a trailer I also put that in the in the my primary uh, property and rent that out in Airbnb as well. And then after that was when I decided to get a rental property. So I did analysis like different markets, different areas, and end up setting uh, for Puerto Rico. And obviously, I'm guessing you probably use local management there for those as well. You know, I started um, with the rental properties uh, with the uh, bigger packets uh, book. There was actually a book. I was in the in the library. I was kind of like thinking about it because I really like like the Airbnb. I was self managing, so I really like it. So I was one day down in the library, and then it was I saw the book. And it was the top books in the in the local library. So I pick up that book. And the first thing that they recommended was to self-manage your first property. So you get the experience and then you can delegate. So I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this long distance? So it turns out because my family's there, um, I was able to travel and I did self-manage for the first year, actually. Wow, what was that like? It was stressful, (laughs) yes. It was uh, very stressful in the beginning. Um, I was, you know, doing something new. I was happy I took the time to uh, kind of read that book, to listen to podcasts, talk to other investors. I was just like, I jump in into it. It was a little bit stressful, but I follow kind of the, the, 
I follow my gut pretty much. <laughs> so I went there. I liked the, this property. Then it was option. Then uh, researched the market. And I remember like all the stress uh, when I got into closing. I had to travel there. And, you know, um, it was actually a new construction. So they had the punch list, the things that we needed to do. So I traveled there the same day they finished the punch list. And then I went to do the inspection. I had to set it up. And that same day before that, um, I also <laughs> kind of put it in the market. So I scheduled those tourings the last day that I was leaving the island. So I was so lucky that I actually did the viewing myself and I got my first tenant that day. So it was like he came in, the, then it, it, it just happened too quickly. I think it was meant to be. He's an amazing tenant and he's still in the property. So it, it worked out. Wow. So I want to get into a little bit of the, of the real estate journey you've been on, but I also want to find out that the money that you've got invested in the market, specifically in those taxable accounts, is that mainly in index funds or mutual funds? Yes, absolutely. So when I when I started uh, talking my, my journey, right, I, I got into my first job. And this is something I actually, I'm so glad my mom taught me. It's like safe, 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 but I didn't know how to invest. So the first thing that um, I did like once we reached like certain amount like was going into a financial advisor. So for almost two years, I was paying a financial advisor, which was actually a salesperson <laughs> at that time. So I had my money there. But at the same time, I kind of started doing uh, individual stock, which is like the riskiest thing I could have done without knowing. <laughs> but I was kind of doing my research, getting like I, I, w I was doing I was doing something. I was not just buying anything. But over time, when I learned about index funds and everything, I started selling. I, I have very, very small percentage right now, individual stocks, but everything else is in index funds, low cost index, index funds. Very good. I have a couple questions actually going back to your first moves with renting out some rooms in your primary home. Were you living by yourself at the time? As a woman, did you have any concerns about having strangers in your primary residence or on your property? I know that can be something that deters people from trying that out. Yes, I love that question. I actually, this is, and this is something I listen in your podcast very recently, and this is our household uh, net worth, right? Um, I'm married, uh, married, no kids shall free by choice at the moment. <laughs> so it was a decision. Very good. I have a couple questions actually going back to your first moves with renting out some rooms in your primary home. Were you living by yourself at the time? As a woman, did you have any concerns about having strangers in your primary residence or on your property? I know that can be something that deters people from trying that out. Yes, I love that question. I actually, this is, and this is something I listen in your podcast very recently, and this is our household uh, net worth, right? Um, I'm married, uh, married, no kids. 
Shelf Prey by Choice at the moment. <laughs> so it was a decision. It was a decision to start renting this room. But you're right. Um, it, it is kind of a concern because at that time, sometime my, my husband will travel for work and there will be a guest and I will be there by myself. So yes, um, there was some kind of like concern, but you kind of like you use like something that is very easy to do with Airbnb is that you can be very selective with your guests. For example, if they don't have reviews, um, you, you kind of, you get, you get to know something before the guests come. Yes, there are always surprises, but at some point you are in control as a host in this case. So it was not really a concern. I was like so happy. I like to talk to people, host people, like tell them about the neighborhood about the time like I really really like that experience and even in the moments that I was by myself I feel safe like all the time um if something happened like I know what to do what to reach like Airbnb support was there so I kind of like and this was back in 2017 2018 I will say that right now maybe customer service for Airbnb is different than how it was back then. Uh, that's something to um, keep in mind. But from that perspective, that's why when the pandemic hit, we stopped renting out that room in the house. And that actually was like a kind of a last uh, income source because we stopped renting the, the room now forever because now my um my husband doesn't want to rent that, that room. <laughs> so yeah, great question. Great. And then how many rental properties do you have then? They're all in Puerto Rico, you said. How many do you have there? So currently two properties. And are they multifamily? Are they single family homes? The, both of them are apartments. So they are uh, condos, apartment uh, in the city. So I, I decided... Um, even though like I, I analyzed many deals, different cities, there were other places that we consider invest investing. Like we even traveled to other cities to invest. I remember uh, we did a trip to Portland, Oregon, which I have been before. Like I kind of consider different markets. I consider Austin, Texas. I also consider California but here the property tax, it's so high. Well, property tax is higher in Texas, but <laughs> I also consider other cities uh, in Florida, but running the numbers, um, the cash on cash return um, always came out higher for Puerto Rico, considering like I was very familiar with the market. I have family there that can help. Um, for example, if I decided to maybe invest in a property in in, um, in Portland, Oregon, like I don't have anyone there that could help. So that was kind of part of the decision. But at the end of the day, it came down to the market, to the return on investment and the cash on cash uh, return.
You should know what that is. That's the best kind of notification. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. And the moment another business dream reality comes true. Shopify is the e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. In fact, I use it for several businesses that I have and my wife has. We love Shopify. Shopify simplifies selling online anything. And you can focus successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from in-person POS system to all-in-one e-commerce and it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Hacked with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you the comfort of your business and your brand without having to learn new skills or design new code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is, is there to help you have success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unveiled lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash unveiled to take your business to the next level. Once again, that's shopify.com slash unveiled. And thanks again to Shopify for sponsoring today's episode. Would you recommend for other people from the U.S. to invest in properties in Puerto Rico? Um, that's a great question, uh, Stacy, And I also have mixed feelings about that because uh, recently uh, it's becoming very, very popular. Like back then it was like, okay, maybe locals or Puerto Ricans know about it. But now uh, with more tax incentive, uh, now people know that you can get a really high like ROI going there. Um, there is um, the real estate has been going up a lot in the couple of years, same like in everywhere. Uh, right. So there is there there are like uh, some problems of gentrification uh, due to real estate. The situation for the housing is becoming uh, very hard in the island. So I will say uh, it depends. Like if you look at it, okay, I'm going to invest in the island because yes, it's going to help my financial future. I'm going to get money out of it. But if you're going to do it in an ethical way, that is not going to hurt <laughs> uh, somebody. Um, something that is happening very sadly is like uh, maybe an investor comes in, buys the whole building, and then like everyone has to move, but there is nowhere to move. So it depends. <laughs> it depends um, how and where do you want to invest. There's so many uh, different markets within the island. Um, and they're all very different. Sure, it happens like in, in different places, right? So you will have like mini uh, bubbles in the island tailored to different tenants. And that's also something to consider. Right. So tell us more about your journey on getting to where you are now. You came here to the U.S. for college or for graduate school and talk us kind of through there to now and a little bit about your career before moving into the investment piece. So yes, I did my bachelor in Puerto Rico. I came to the States for the grad school, uh, grad school and then postdoc. I'm an electrical engineer by training and my husband as well is an electrical engineer. Um, that's that's the, my background was academic. My background is like, yeah, you know, following the the path that you know society makes us believe like go to war like 
start working and make money. And then um, that's when, okay, we have these savings. We go to the financial advisor that we, then we fire later, a year and a half later, almost a year, like we fire the financial advisor and then we start uh, self-managing our investment. And then with that, uh, with that investments, kind of like that seed um, and, and some growth, like we buy the primary house with the uh, down payment and then adding on top of that the Airbnb room, then the travel trailer. Then we start, you know, having multiple income sources additional to the our primary jobs. So we both have the jobs, we have two incomes, and then we are start like um, investing and saving more aggressively to um, keep buying properties. So 2019, we buy the first property. 2020, we bought the second property. Then we actually closed in our second property, February 29th of 2020. So it was right before the pandemic. So our apartment was vacant for not the whole year, but it was vacant for a long, long time. And that was actually really scary. Um, we kind of... We, we we kind of prepare for it, but it was kind of like uh, something to consider when you're investing uh, in the real estate, especially like nobody can predict the pandemic. So it just we just happened to close that day. So then um, we had the goal. I had the goal. Oh, I want to buy one rental property every year. And it was about the same at the same month every year. And then in the pandemic, I said like, okay, no, we want to take this lower. So we start making um, other financial moves. Right now, uh, we are considering buying a third property also in Puerto Rico, uh, a different market. But at the same time, like, I'm not rushing into it. Like, there is, we have already like a 40% of our network in real estate. And I would prefer at this point, like, okay, um, we can start making different moves. Uh, for example, in our um, that taxable account, that's free account. And pretty much uh, being in a position that we don't need to get there, like, faster. We can take it slowly. And it has been a change in the mindset, I will say, uh, slowly. So it was like that. We started very focused <laughs> and now we are still focused, but now we are working more into enjoying the present rather than just rushing to buy the next property. So you feel like you're in a place where it's a little bit more comfortable. You're comfortable with, with the rental properties that you currently have. You're good with where your passive income is sitting. And I'm assuming you guys both are still maintaining your other sources of income from your jobs as well. Correct. Are you are you hoping to scale that back as you have additional sources of passive income come in or what's the goal? That's a great question. <laughs> um, our goal uh, right now will be at least to take a one year sabbatical on a, a mini retirement. Uh, we potentially um, are considering doing that. So there are two points right doing that uh, sabbatical and the plan is to do travel uh, in our trailer around the US 
So that's kind of like the plan right now. It's not like we don't have like I said, okay, we, we want these um, passive income coming in. We, we want like this, you know, rental properties. And this was something that I was actually discussing uh, recently uh, with my husband is um, if you want to stop working, do you want to scale in the rental properties? And I think for us, uh, at some point, we might want to sell all the properties, including our primary house, because of maintenance, etc. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking maybe you wanted to sell so you can go travel, but but really just kind of scale back in general and slow things down. That's very kind nice. Of like our that's that's our our vision. That's our vision. Yeah. And what drew you to come to the U.S. for graduate school and stay here? Were you planning on going back to? Pre- to Puerto Rico or did you intend to stay here? So <laughs> when I decided, when we decided, we both decided actually uh, to come to the States to um, to study, we came just to study. Like we say, oh, well, maybe we can come go back. At the moment, our ideal situation will be to live half the year California and then live half the year in the island so that will be our ideal kind of retirement uh end goal live half and half depending on the weather <laughs> you should live just under half the year in California <laughs> exactly exactly yes <laughs> yes yes um also um well it depends where uh do you want to travel for example, like if we want to travel more to Europe, uh, living in the island will be better, right? Because you are like closer <laughs> to Europe, right? So it depends where we want to do that travel. In the past, I had this idea like, okay, like we can go and travel the world. But at the same time, like we have been traveling, we have been, you know, um, investing more in our travel experience. With the time, I realized I like to do slow travel. I we like adventure travel, slow travel. Um, I don't see myself like just jumping from place to place to place, like you know, for a year. One thing you mentioned before the show was just how it was important for you to come on as a minority woman and share your story and inspire others. What would you want to say to those listeners who? are in the same demographic as you? Great question, Stacey. I love this question. Yes, we were talking about it. (laughs) Yes, um, especially women, uh, especially Latinas, um, also especially Puerto Ricans. Um, Sometimes when we hear all these stories, um, it's hard to identify with some of them. Uh, Sometimes you think, oh, but I'm coming from here or I'm coming from, you know, maybe you're coming from South America, from Puerto Rico, from a different island, like even from a different country. <laughs> so there are like two things <laughs> that I are not, you know, in, in your advantage. But we can make it work and we can, we can set the vision and we can set the goal of what you want. Uh, for example... 
like your goal. Yes, this podcast is about millionaires and unveil, but that's not necessarily the goal to hit the, the million dollar, right? You can have that mindset. You can have that, that freedom. You can maybe have that financial security. Maybe when you're on your way to reach that million dollars. Uh, many times we have our cultural limitations. There are so many, <laughs> right? And I, I don't want to say cultural limitations, right? Maybe some countries on some families too, right? Scarcity mindset. These things that are not really there, on some of them, yes, they are there. But I will say that there is something that we have and is that something about it in the Latina culture is the hustle, 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 right? That that mindset, that uh, cultural belief. And at the same time, we can hustle and we can work in a way that will not make you burn out or will not make you just work for work. It just make you work from something that will have an impact not only in your life, in your mental health, in your financial wellness, at the same time, it will help you to give back uh, to your community. I will say that, like, yes, working yourself, working the mindset, go through this journey with compassion that you're not only working in yourself, but you're also working for your family to break generational cycles. You might be the first millionaire, in your family, right? And you can give back to them. Uh, another thing that happens uh, very often, my generation, you know, millennials, um, maybe other generations, is that at some point, you might need to support your parents in retirement. That's something that not everyone has to include in their financial plan. So if you are working in your financial wellness right now, just don't have that that goal of become a millionaire, just have that goal that is going to make something good. I love that. Thanks for sharing. It sounds like you have kind of a, a broader purpose in line or bro broader purpose in mind in, in your near future. <laughs> Man, that's uh that's powerful. Thanks for, uh, for sharing that. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with some rapid fire questions. What's the most expensive pair of shoes that you've purchased yes so the most expensive was a technical shoe you know for the workouts i think it was close to 150 dollars okay what yeah. about the uh, most expensive meal out that you've paid for ah uh, yes i i love when you ask this question to every guest because i try to think like what was it what was it um this is something um we kind of like to, to do for our, our families. And I remember the first one, like the first one that I was like so happy to pick the tab for the whole family. I think it was close to 600. Okay. What about the most expensive car that you purchased? Great. I have never purchased a car. Uh, <laughs> well, I purchased a used car and I actually purchased this used car from my mom. So I've course i got a super deal i think i pay her maybe two thousand three thousand back then um, i'm still having this car um so yeah 
But I'm planning to buy a new car in the near future, so that will be my most expensive, but not yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What about the most expensive trip or experience vacation that you've experienced or that you've paid for? Yes. And this one, we kind of, uh, is in, is in the top of priority on our budget. I will say 12K was the most expensive one. And what happened over the years, and this is something, uh, kind of funny, interesting. I learned how to budget, uh, right before uh, we got married. So I have been doing the budget ever since every month. But what happened over the years, like the evolution, that's one, uh, I started board budgeting when my network was zero or maybe a couple of hundred dollars, but it was a monthly budget. And something that happens now is like, yes, like we, we kind of like everything is automatic, but now, um, we keep a budget, but it's not monthly. Now it's an annual budget. So like, for example, this travel category, like we have a set budget for the whole year. And that's kind of something fun that I, I really like. <laughs> Interesting. What is a, a key lesson that you learned from childhood? Yes. My key lesson from my childhood was just to save. But at that point, it was like no purpose. I'm coming from a household that might be very familiar uh, to many when uh, where my mom was the saver and my dad was the spender. So there was always the friction, right? But I pick up the learning from the saving side from my mom, definitely. Okay. What's a closely held belief that you've recently changed your mind on? Yes. Um, I have been working a lot with my, my mindset lately. But one of them was about um, frugality. And is this kind of, um, yes, a part of also my belief from childhood. Childhood was the frugality. But at the same time now, um, I allow myself to enjoy the present. And many of enjoyment or things that we can do in the present most of the things I love to do are zero cost, like go to the park, pick a book, read a book from the library. That's like zero cost. But if there is something I want to do, I will allow myself to invest on it or pay for it. I will allow myself uh, to pay for it because if it's going to make me happy, um, I will just do it. Of course, I will not just like spend anything or everything. It will have to be like within that annual uh, budget set up. But um, I just keep that in mind. I didn't have that before. What What are some things that you've splurged on recently or been more willing to? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, for me, uh, have been like uh, personal care, for example, a more... Uh, massage therapies I yeah kind of like these this body mind balance therapies I think that's actually something I'm willing to invest a lot and I remember last year I was investing a lot on it or I was paying for it and then 
one day my husband asked me like is this really worth it like really like do we need this um it turns out uh end of the year last year i took him for one session and i said it's like different different things in one session um he came with me and then i remember in january the first thing that he did is like oh are we gonna book one for both of us so actually last weekend we were there doing our session but both of us together and that's something that i don't know it was a mindset shift something that at the end of the day is not only helping our body helping our mind at the end of the day also helps our productivity do better better work better job um, in other areas of our life maybe including our finances <laughs> right if we are negotiating a deal if we are having a money date or something like we can have a different kind of vibe or set maybe thanks to one of these therapies so that's something I'm, I'm willing to pay more than I was not before. Okay. Luck, skill, or hard work? How would you rank them? Of course, like everyone, all of them, right? All of them, because it just happened to be, um, just happened to be at the right time, at the right moment. So hard work, for sure. Number one, <laughs> luck and skill. Yes, that's my rating. Okay. Do you use a credit card? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Use credit card. Um, this was actually something that <laughs> I came very late with credit cards because of family. Like my my family didn't believe I could handle a credit card because I will say when I was younger, they will see me like a spender. I don't know why. <laughs> because I don't know. So that was kind of like the thing. So I, I never got a credit card until like later on. So these uh, credit cards that uh, I use right now, um, yes, I use them basically for, you know, to use the points, your, you use the, the rewards, paid in full every month. Yeah, just try to use the the insurance try to use the perks that they have um, yes absolutely until very recently actually until this year I refused to pay an annual fee for a credit card <laughs> I refused to pay an annual fee for a credit card but um, started paying one this year let's see how it goes you mentioned earlier that you had fired your financial advisor after a year and a half what was that experience like? Are you glad you hired a financial advisor? Do you wish you would have just pursued working on your personal wealth alone? Share a little bit more about that. Great. I wish I had listened to the, this podcast back then, <laughs> or like any, or read a book or anything. I just basically didn't know anything about investing. Um the experience was not good. I don't I don't I don't remember how it happened. I I I just happened to be there. It's like, okay, uh do you wanna talk to this person? Then she explains about investment, about just very briefly about the market and I said, Yes, let's just like invest this money. It has to grow. Like at least I was understanding the compound interest, but I didn't know like 
anything. I said, okay, let's just pay for this. Of course, at that time, I thought like 1% was super fair to pay. Right now, it's like, no, never pay. <laughs> like for financial, like it depends, like, you know. So there is a difference versus a real financial advisor and versus a salesperson. So you need to know. But at this at this time, we were paying 1%. And that's a lot, a lot, a lot. And my experience was that I was getting the letters in the mail every time they will do a trade. Every time they buy something, they sell something, I will get, I don't know why I didn't have this digital then, but I will get a mail of the summary and I had no idea what it was. I was just reading the numbers, but I have no idea what it was. <laughs> and this just kept happening for half a year. And then, of course, we kept using them. And then I realized then after a year, they call you up. So they want you to invest more money. So at that point, I start feeling uncomfortable. And yeah, it just happened that we had this call. We talked about it. The performance was not good at all. Um, on top of the 1%, then I understood that they were getting even more money uh, with these things that they were buying. And then I decided to <laughs> close the account. And it was kind of, um, they make it hard. They make it hard. So when you want to like take your money out and take your money, like it's like, I don't know, it's it's a scary process. If I can go back or, or maybe tell someone that is listening to this, that is considering just like pay a base, a flat fee if you want to pick up a good book. N know what it is. At that point, I regret it because I was very ignorant. Thanks for sharing. I know it can. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, every, everybody has different experiences with, with financial advisors. And and um, I, I understand coming into it with this perspective of, I don't know what I'm doing and feeling like I'm trusting this person. This is going to really help our financial journey. And mm -hmm. then kind of coming back with a little bit of a negative taste in your mouth and just realizing that with a little bit of knowledge uh, and, and some tools under your belt that you could make some good financial decisions on your own exactly exactly that that's what i think like even like i never heard of a low cost in that's fun like i don't understand like expense ratio like i don't know so many options right but yeah my experience was not great i will say it was not so terrible i heard worse stories than this but it was not it was not good because it was my first experience right Awesome, Nora. Well, what's one last piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's just starting out? Great question. One piece of advice will be to, I know some people are scared of the word budget and it's like, oh, I don't want a budget. But I think uh, one of the key, key things of my story was that I was doing budgeting. And I will say, you know what? Maybe you don't need to budget, but just pay attention to your um, where your money's going. And once you start paying attention, like go to this exercise of, is this important for me? 
because what happened and this happened still happened to me i don't know to most people right will happen like you're spending money in things that later you realize you really don't care about that or it's not that important as other things so maybe next year you're willing to cut down on personal care <laughs> because oh maybe next year is not that important or maybe next year you don't need it that much but that you need something else but many many times if you don't track your expenses if you don't monitor and you don't know where they're going you will never know if your money is really working for you or if you're just working to pay stuff so that will be one my my main piece of advice if you're starting out just make sure you're tracking your money you're tracking your expenses it's going through your priorities it's going to your future self and investing allocation investing yourself awesome that's Nora with a net worth of 3.5 million dollars thanks for coming on the show today thank you so much for the opportunity thank you so much Thanks for listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast with Jace Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website, millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.